This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Talk about like a special special meeting or special event. There has been times where the Lord has laid a song on our heart or something that I sh- we share with them and ask them if they can do that, if a special speaker or something is coming. But, um, you know, one of the things the Lord had kept talking to me about uh, today and actually this week was about his love, you know, because, see, without his love, first in our own lives, but how are they going to know? And why are they going to want anything different than what they already have if they don't see the love of God? And who's here on the earth to show the love of God but you and me? God left us here as a vessel. Amen. Uh, So tonight, my title is going to be Bridge Builder to Christ. That's what you and me need to be, a bridge builder. See? Uh, because they need somebody to build that bridge to to the Lord. And it doesn't have to be done in some kind of, quote, religious way. You don't got to beat them with the Bible. You don't have to quote them uh, 20 scriptures and get all impressive to them, because to be honest, they really don't care. They really don't care how much you know, how much you can quote, and how much you remembered. What they're looking at is your life. Has your life really changed? Is your life really what you say that it is? And that's what we need is some bridge builders to Christ. So that's we're just going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And my first scripture, uh, and the only scripture actually that we're going to read, is going to be in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. So we've got the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. Oh, wow. That's talking to you and me. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now, I'm going to tell you, that is restoration to favor with God. Amen? So that is our part. So all you got to do for your homework is write down 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 and read that every now and then, maybe on a daily basis to help remind you of one of your jobs, amen, that you're a bridge builder, helping people get a bridge over to Jesus Christ. See, now let me help you in something there. There's a a thing, though. See, when you want to repair a relationship where there is conflict, you are going to have to focus on reconciliation and not resolution. All right? 
So now, listen, I'm going to tell you the, help you with the difference, because this is why people get frustrated, especially when they become a Christian. And then they think, well, okay, God forgave me, and now I'm supposed to forgive everybody, but then I still don't feel real good about a lot of what people did, but God said to do it, so I got to do it. But then maybe the other person don't really respond or even acknowledge or think they ever did anything, so now you're all back hurt again and broken and disgusted and saying, okay, God, this isn't working. But listen, there's a difference between reconciliation, okay, and resolution, a big difference. Reconciliation means reestablishing the relationship, but not always, okay, not always. Reestablishing it to a point where it would be healthy to where you don't walk in the room and want to kill the person or shoot them. Because sometimes these relationships that you've been harboring is somebody that might be really close to you or a family member. And every time you go to a family reunion or a family gathering, that person is there. So you're going to have to learn to have a reconciliation first with God, and then God will help you to have it with them so that you can be in the same room and honestly in your heart say, I have forgiven them with the love of God. Okay? So reestablishing the relationship, it doesn't mean you're going to maybe go back and remarry your ex, because they may have gotten remarried by now. You may have been remarried, okay? But that means that, like I said, if for some reason you're still in the same circles or you've had children together, that hopefully you won't have to kill each other, okay? So there's a really big difference. And with uh, with the reconciliation. So it doesn't mean you're going to maybe go back and remarry your ex, or it doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden get huggy, you know, cuddly and lovey, and start having the person over that offended you or really hurt you or did something to you. You forgave them, but now you can have peace with it. See, there's a difference between reconciliation. You will now have peace. You'll have peace in your heart, whether that person ever acknowledges or accepts, you know, where you're saying, okay, look, whatever happened or whatever, you know, it's in the past, I've become a believer now, and I'm letting it go. Now, whether they say to you, look, I never did anything wrong to you, so I don't know what you're even talking about, you're still going to have to let it go. You, but you've got to walk in peace, and you're going to have to forgive them with the love of God. Because remember, if you don't, you're the one that is affected negatively. Okay? Not them. Now you say, well, what if they're a Christian, though, and they're not doing right? That's between them and God. See, you cannot be responsible for what others do and how they respond to you. But you are responsible for how you react to what they've done or what they haven't done. So there needs to be a peace, first with yourself and with God. And then hopefully that peace will come with others, especially, I know that sometimes it can be a long distance of reconciliation, but like I said, it might be where it's somebody in your family that you see on a regular basis. You're going to have to get peace with that with God, because if not, it will eat you up like a cancer. It will eat you like a sickness and a disease, and that's what the devil intends to do. So you're going to have to let it go and have some peace with that. Amen. Forgive them with the forgiveness of God. Because remember, it, the benefits are for you spiritually, physically, and financially. So that you can be whole in your body, whole in your spirit. Amen. And whole in your mind and have peace. Now listen, the difference though, resolution, and I think this, what, this is what happens. Many people, this is what they try to do when they've either been wronged 
or somebody has hurt them or abused them physically, mentally, emotionally, and then all of a sudden now they realize they've got to forgive this person. Instead of trying to have reconciliation, they're trying to have resolution, which means now you're trying to resolve every disagreement, you're trying to resolve every wrong, make them come to the knowledge that everything they've done, tell them everything they've done, and then they acknowledge it and accept responsibility for it. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not going to happen. Okay? It's not going to happen. Because the truth is there are some things in life that, guess what? You're going to have to just let them go and let it go. And look, even on everyday life, with your children, with your mate, there's things that you're not always going to agree upon. But be careful that you don't try to have resolution where now you're trying to change them to think your way, or you're, they're trying to change you, because then all you're going to have is conflict every day. Okay, because God did make us all different. Okay, so the truth is there's some things in your marriage, in your friendships, in your family, in your work relationships, okay, that are just never, you're never going to agree on. You're going to see it one way, they're going to see it another, but that's okay. Guess what? Did you know that you can disagree without being disagreeable? Without being a butthead? Without being mean and ugly? You can just say, okay, they, that's just the way they see it. It's okay. I don't have to be right to make myself feel good. Okay? Just let it go and realize, guess what? They see it different than I do. But you can disagree without being disagreeable. And do you know what that's called? Maturity. That's called wisdom. That's called walking like a child of God. Okay? And you're going to have... Now, listen. Now, some of you do this more with your work fr friends than you do in your own family. Some of you have got, you know, disgruntles and disagreements in your family, and you're more forgiven to the person you work with than you are to your own family. Let them go. You don't have to be right. And you say, but you don't, they are so upside down and wrong. Then pray for them. Because the more you try to push and convince them about your way, okay, it's just going to, they're just going to go farther in the other direction. Okay, you're just going to push them farther away. So let's make sure that we have reconciliation where we know that everything may not always going to be perfect, but that's okay because in my heart, I've gone to God, asked him first to help me. What do I need to change in me? And then I have forgiven them and let them go. And then however God works that out, but I know that no matter where I am or if I run into them or if I come face to face, that by the power of the almighty God, you know, that he is going to have healed me and made me whole and that I can be able to see that person and not let the devil steal my joy and steal my peace and rake me all over the coals again and bring back everything that happened. No, let God deliver you and set you free so that you can have peace when you see them. But don't try to think that everything's ever going to, you know, be made right or somebody's going to come and drop on their knees to you and confess everything they ever did to you because it ain't going to happen. So just get over it. And, you know, and you try to maybe sometimes, you know, tell your husband that you're right or him telling you, you know, I know it all. Guess what? It's not going to always happen that way. Pastor and I in September will be married 42 years and been together 44. And do you know there's a lot of things that we don't always see eye to eye on? 
You know, he sees it one way, I see it another. You know, now I'm not talking about things as far as spiritual things. Now, as far as God and Jesus and, you know, those are things that, you know, there are some principles and a foundation that we had put in our life and that we walk together and we pray together. And there's some things there that, see, that's never a compromise, okay? You know, whether he ever, if he ever quit going to church, I'm not going to quit. Same thing with me. If I quit going, he's not. See, because our relationship is first based on God and then with one another. Keep God first so you can keep all this out here healthy and whole. But all those years together, there's still things that we don't see eye to eye on. But we walk hand in hand. We support one another. And this has always been our saying Uh, since we gave our hearts to the Lord, that we win together and we lose together. So we're together in the good times, but we're together in the bad times. When he acts up, he's still with, I'm still with him. When I act up, he's still with me. Because we have to make some choices that look, every time, you know, not every time in our lives is everybody always going to be perfect. It's took me a long time to get him where he is now. Had a lot of training, but... We're still working on it. He's getting better and better and better. See, I get to preach about him every now and then because I'm always the subject. So I get to talk a little bit about the man. But you have to make some decisions. See, first, even in your own household, you know, whether it be your mate or your kids or whatever, there are some things, though, that are not, you know, you're not going to compromise on. Okay, there's not any, you know, well, if, but there's other things that look. I don't have to argue with you about this. I don't have to prove that I'm right. But there are some things, though, like my relationship with God, me going to church, me being in the house of God. You know, those are some things you are not going to mess with. Now, whether you agree with it or not, I'm going. Whether you ever come or not, it don't matter. I'm still going. Because the best thing you can do for that person that's not going is to go. Because if you ever let the devil tell you that, listen, if you just stayed home with him and maybe tried to minister to him more, then he'll come, honey. He'll definitely never come. Because then you know what he'll say? See, that wasn't really real. I knew after a while they'd quit going. I knew they'd give in. I knew they'd get tired of this God thing. See, so don't play into the devil's hands. But just like with family and stuff like that, look, you're not always going to agree on everything. But it's all right, you know. You don't always have to be right. We don't always have to make everything the way we think it should be because guess what? God will. God can. You know, a lot of what we learned a lot of times when we would counsel, we used to do a lot of counseling for uh, couples and marriages, is that when we would focus on restoring their relationship, instead of focusing on the little, you know, well, he did this and he, she did that. Well, he said that and she said this. You know, when we got away from that, let's focus on God and focus on your relationship. A lot of times what they got all mad about begin to fade away because now we weren't focusing on the little thing. We were focusing on, well, what do we need to do to build this relationship first with God and to get it healthy? See, and then after a while, that other stuff just began to become insignificant, see? Because when we focus on the relationship, see, just like with God, focus on a relationship with him, ourselves, then our relationship with others gets healthy and whole, see? Because, see, if this ain't right with me, then it's going to be 
messed up in my house. It's going to be messed up in my family, at my workplace, in the church. It's going to be messed up everywhere. So get it right with God. Focus on your relationship with him, and then focus on that with others when you do have disagreements or at the workplace. You know, there are some things really, do you really have to be right? Do you really need to be the one in charge? Now, it's different if you're over somebody, but I'm talking about sometimes we need to just say, you know what? It's all right. I'm not going to get myself all worked up, stress myself up, and cause myself high blood pressure over something that really, really doesn't matter. If they want to do it that way, let them do it that way. Even though you know it's the wrong way and you've tried to help them, let them learn on their own. It'll be all right, okay? It'll be okay. I'll tell you, there's such peace in just sometimes letting things go, you know, uh, sometimes you don't learn this until after you have grandchildren, you know, but not everything is a silver bullet. And sometimes we don't have to run around and try to correct everybody and correct everything and try to make it perfect because we know better than they do. Sometimes just let them find out on their own. And if we spent more time asking God, how can I be a better witness? How could I be a better Christian? How can I be a better person? You know what? You ain't got time to be looking at all their stuff anyway. And you waste so much energy. Just let it go. Let God be the center. There's a lot of conflict in this world. It's filled with wars and division and arguments and prejudice and racism and terrorism and all kinds of isms. You know why? Because God's not the center anymore. See, God has gotten so far off and so far out of everything, from schools, from the workplace, you know, uh, in stores and ads. I mean, they've gotten so just taken God out of everything that we have a broken world. We have broken relationships. We have a broken economy. We have a broken government. We have broken marriages. And we have broken lives and hearts that are walking around all around us. And sometimes right in the church. And that's why we need to pray one for another. You know, I challenge you as a believer to commit to becoming an agent of reconciliation. Asking God, how can I be better to be an agent of reconciliation? Whether it be in my home or my family, my community, at my workplace, or in the church. Because we live in such a world that's filled with conflict. Let's begin to pray and say, God, help me to be a bridge builder. A bridge builder. Look for ways to bring people together instead of trying to tear them apart or tear them down, you know, or remind them of how messed up they are. Just pray. Just pray. Because guess what? Remember, we all reap what we sow. And even though it's hard sometimes, you know, especially when it's people close to us, their bad choices when it comes down to it, no matter how much we tell people, this is wrong, or even you tell your kids sometimes, that's not good, don't do that, don't do that. There still comes a point where they're going to do it, and they're going to have to find out, guess what? See, that wasn't so good. They've got to learn it on their own, but you're going to have to let them go. But now listen, I challenge you to become an agent of reconciliation because, see, when we become a bridge builder in our own lives and we make sure this bridge is right, then things will start to change in our lives. We'll begin to see people different. We'll begin to pray different. We'll begin to expect different. And guess what? You won't have to wear your feelings on your shoulder so much. Because now when they walk by you and don't respond to you or you see them in the store and they just turn their nose up you, it's, you know what, Lord, I just pray for them. 
I pray, help me to stay right with you and then help me to just pray for them. Because whatever it is, Lord, you know I've asked you to forgive me or, you know, whatever, whatever they did, we know that it was not right. But I asked you to help me to forgive them, and I have. But guess what, Lord? You know, I'm not going to let their response to me steal my joy, my peace, and wreck my night or wreck my day or determine my tomorrow. Amen. Just learn to trust God and give it or give them over to God. Become a bridge builder. Look for ways to bring people together rather than to tear them up. Bring them to Jesus. Walk in God's love and mercy. And listen, like I said, that's not always going to happen the way you think. You may not see it, but if you walk in the right way, eventually that person will turn around, hopefully, and will receive Jesus through maybe somebody else. But they're watching your life still whether you see it or not. Even when they purposely do you wrong or continue to say stuff to you and you're able to say in your heart, you know what, God, I just forgive them. It's all right. Because what they say to me or what they do or what they don't do doesn't determine my destiny. You do. And my choices of how I respond to them, I'm going to choose to walk in love. Okay? And, and sometimes we've done wrong, and we've got to go to people, or maybe you can't go to them, but you can ask God to help you to be able to get that right, you know. God's love and mercy works every time. It works for us, and it needs to work for others. Let your life tell the story. Let God's love work through you and out of you and from you. Let your life Walk around with the love and the mercy and the goodness of God. Look, that doesn't always mean we're going to be perfect. We're all going to have days. Someday somebody might walk by you and catch you with a scowl on your face and then, you know, later on say, well, I seen you and I thought you were a Christian. You look like an old, you know, crabby person. Well, say, look, you know what? I was just having a day and I apologize. You know, if I didn't see you or I didn't recognize you, I'm I'm sorry. But we all have days. But I'm asking God to help me to be better with that. And I wanted to read that again, but this time I'm going to read it out of a different version. I think it's it's called the good word, but in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. But I thought this was really good the way this one said it too. It said, God has restored our relationship with him through Christ. And has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. In other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. He didn't hold people's faults against them. And he has given us the message of restored relationships to tell others. So our job is to go tell others of God's goodness and his love. But be careful, see, that sometimes in your own lives when somebody's done you wrong that you're not still carrying it around. Because he said right there, he didn't hold people's faults against them. We can't do it. You've got to let it go. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have the ministry of reconciliation. It's our job whether we like it or not. It's automatically our job to go out into society, and this is what they need to be told. God's done everything to put you back in fellowship with him. He's already paid for all of your sins. You don't have to be his enemy. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. 
be reconciled to God, be at peace with God, and then spread that peace where with everybody else. I'm going to tell you, when we get that revelation down in our hearts, it'll be easy to walk in love and mercy and forgiveness and peace. And when it begins to flow out of you, guess what? Even the old ugliest, you know, grouchiest, miserable person, you can get around. Guess what? Something will happen. The presence of God, his love, will begin to soften them. Even the person with the hardest heart, without you even knowing it, just your kindness is planting seeds. Now, look, you may not see them come to Jesus. You may not be the one that leads, but you just prayed some seeds of love and mercy. Because guess what? Thank God, God has showed me lots of times love and mercy. You know, didn't give up on me when I wasn't acting right. Always loved me when I was acting like a fool or said bad things or accused him and got mad at him. He didn't fall off his throne. He just stayed right there waiting for me to get up and come on back home again. Amen. Thank God for that. There's some questions, though, we could ask ourselves that what steps could we take to focus more on a relationship and reconciliation instead of attempting to try to resolve the issue? Listen. It's the human nature to think, and especially for women, that you've got to fix everything. Get your hands off of it and let God take it. Because a lot of times, I'm going to tell you women, we get in the way. We get in the way. You'll get in the way with your husband, your children. You'll get in the way at your job because you see somebody not doing something right or somebody's hurt or somebody this, so you're going to go fix it all. You know, you need to pray and get God's wisdom, and sometimes just not doing anything. And guess what? If they get in some trouble, it's all right. God will help them. But we can't fix everything. So instead of attempting to try to resolve the issue, here's a good answer. Pray. Prayer should be number one over them, over us, over the situation, and then trusting God with it or with them, whatever it is, Remember, it's not your job to change them or to fix them, whether it be in your house, at your workplace, or when they come into this church. Okay? It's our, God, it's our job to love them and then let God do the rest. Because if we start pushing our way, oh, my goodness, well, you know, do you see how they were dressed? Did you see how they smelled? Or did you see how they looked? Or whatever. No, just love them. And let God help them. Give them some time to find out. Because let me tell you, a lot of times they don't know any better. But it's all right. But it's not our job to change them. It's our job to love them. And God will do the rest. And sometimes it's harder with your family. But you're going to have to let them go and let it go. Because if not, you're just being a hindrance. And then God can't get in there and do his work because we're always in the way. Okay? So pray. Trust God with them or it, whatever it is. Remember, it's not your job to change on them and say, God, help me. Remember how pastor always says, when you point the finger out here at somebody else, how many are pointing back at us? Let's say, work on me, God. Help me to be more patient with them. Help me to pray for them. But I'm not going to take the care of what they're doing or not doing anymore. That's not my job. My job is to pray for them and work on me. Another question we can ask ourselves is how can you work, how can we work to become better agents of reconciliation right where we are in our family, in our work, in our community? Once again, number one thing I believe is the answer is prayer. You cannot fail when you pray. 
and first pray for yourself. And, you know, and, and if you pray, if you have the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost when you're praying for others because then you won't get your own little manipulation, your thoughts and what you think. God, do this. God, do that. That's not a prayer. That really is manipulation. Okay? Now, God, you need to do this. You need to tell them that. And then they're going to do this. And then this is going to happen. No, just pray in the Holy Ghost over them or just say, God, I give them to you. And I declare protection over them and their eyes to be open and their ears to hear. Send people across their path and leave it at that. But pray. And focus on God's promises over you, yourself, and then over your family. And begin to declare these things. Declare the promises of God over your workplace, over your church, over your community. Everywhere you go, declare the promises of God over everything. And the last thing is to expect restoration expect restoration in every area of your life personally physically and financially expect that whatever the enemy has stolen wherever he has taken from whether it be your children whether it be your family your marriage your work your peace your health whatever it is say no no more I declare, God, I'm going to begin to build this bridge first with you. My relationship with you is going to get better so that all this out here is going to start getting better. And that's what your prayer needs to be, you know, and pray for others. When you're in your most need and your most time of trouble, and if you're suffering physically in your body, go pray for somebody else, or if God brings them to your heart, pray for somebody else that's sick, you know. <clears throat> when you're in need financially, sow a seed. You know, when you're struggling with going to bed and sleeping at night and having peace, play the word of God. Play praise music. Play God's word and let it bring peace to your soul. Amen. See, we got to do some things actively on our part so that we can be, be better bridge builders, better out there when we go out there. And don't forget about the people in the house of God. See, sometimes, you know, we get our religious hats on. We come in here and go, well, if you're in here, everybody's got to be okay. Well, no, that's not necessarily the case. You know, that's why it's good to speak to one another when you don't know that person and go over and introduce and get their name. And that's why small groups are vitally important. They're a matter of life and death because they build relationships and people get to come together in a smaller. And you get to actually hear their name, find out a little bit about them. Do they have kids? Where do they work? We can't do all that in here, but that's why small groups are important. I'm going to tell you, the healthier you get, the healthier the church will get, and the healthier will be to be able to go bring more in. Uh, as Pastor Ron comes, I just want them to sing that song <clears throat> about the goodness of God. I'm telling you, I believe God wants to do something tonight. He wants to do some uh, restoration, restoring, some God's healing. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.